Starfleet Escape Podcast. Prepare for launch in 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where we escape into the Star Trek universe. This is episode number 35 and is being recorded on February 27th, 2014. Today's topic, genetic engineering. I'm Eric. And I'm Aaron. This episode is brought to you by America Joy Print Shop, official sponsor of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. For high-quality business cards, flyers, banners, cut vinyl, and more, visit americajoy.com. Hello. Hey, Eric. How's it going, Aaron? Uh, not too bad. Uh, it's good All to... All things considered. <laughs> All things considered. Uh, we've both been through a lot this past week. Yeah, pretty so. crazy, so... Let's not go into that. Let's... Th- stay this positive. Is, yeah, let's stay positive. This is our... Uh, we're returning back to the original format of the show. Yep. Uh, of the new year. New year. It's, it's, I feel like it's been a while since we've really gotten to a good, nerdy discussion about a topic. Yeah, we had our we had a few supplementals. We had our Christmas holiday guide, and then we had a couple of great interviews. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm ready to get back to a Star Trek topic. All right. First, the news. The news. We originally announced this way back uh, months ago. The destination Star Trek Germany. So this was in Frankfurt, Germany. And the event was held on February 21st and 23rd through the 23rd and included autographs, photo shoots, talks, props, costumes, parties, and more. Nice. So this is already passed? Already passed. So I, I hope they do more of these. Yeah. It looks pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, conventions are always cool. This looks like a huge convention. I don't think it's as big as Vegas, the Vegas con. Well, it's nice to see a convention, a Star Trek convention that's different from uh, creation mm-hmm. entertainment because they pretty much corner the market in terms of Star Trek cons here in the U.S. I see. And I think they can get pretty expensive just personally with mm-hmm. like other conventions. That's why I don't go to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I'm, I'm glad to see you know a, a new kind of convention that's not associated with creation. Right. I agree with you. Too bad it's all the way in Germany. Yeah. Uh, a little bit too pricey for us to just jump on a plane and head <laughs> over there. Uh, I saw some of the costumes that uh, they had uh, over the weekend that this was occurring. The mm-hmm. official Star Trek Twitter was tweeting the costume winners, which was uh, kind of interesting to see. Nice. There was some pretty good ones. There was one really awesome Ferengi uh, that I saw, and there was a couple of TOS-inspired costumes uh, cool. that got you know honorable mentions. It was good, good times. Cool. So did they stream part of this event? I didn't see it streamed. I just saw... Photo posts. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I think that would be cool if more cons actually streamed some of their events. I think that'd that would be, cool. be cool. Yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've never personally been to this type of convention. 
I know you've Dude. been to you've been to <laughs> conventions that are similar. In have you been to a Star Trek convention, like a pure yes. Star Trek convention? Yes, I went to. I've been to two Star Trek conventions, mm-hmm. um, but when when I was in high school. Oh, okay. Uh, my first one was in '99. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I was in. Eight, yeah, I was in a, a junior. Okay. And I went with my dad, uh, and it was in Chicago, and that's mm-hmm. where I met Robert Picardo. Right. And I got his autograph, and he's really cool. And there was another convention. It wasn't purely Star Trek related, mm-hmm. but I met a lot of Star Trek people there. I met um, Nana Visitor, oh. Chase Masterson, and what they called the Ferengi family. So I met um, Aaron Eisenberg, who played uh, Rom. Or, yeah, Nog. And I also met uh, the guy who played Rom. Okay. So, and they performed like a skit in character, which was really fun to see. Was it like full makeup or...? No, not full no, okay. makeup, but okay. a- as their characters. Gotcha. gotcha. And th- that was really funny. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it was it was that was a really good time. I but I don't think it was a pure Star Trek con. Okay. So I haven't been to one recently that's pure Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But 2015 Vegas, I'm doing it. I'll do my best because that's the year I'm getting married. Oh, okay. Actually, so. <laughs> you know what? Get married in Vegas the weekend of the con. I would be all for that. Unfortunately. <laughs> You need to make her a bigger Star Trek fan in a year. You you got a year. Go. All right. Um, I'm on it. I just exposed her to the original, uh, the animated series with her and last supplemental. I listened to that supplemental. I thought that was a great job. Oh, thanks. It was, and it, it's good to hear the perspective of someone just getting into Star Trek because mm-hmm. I think they bring up some interesting points of view and questions. Right. So I thought you guys did a good job. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, I'll pass that along to her. Nice. And every, everyone should check that out. And that's that's a really good animated series episode too. Yep. Yes, to year. Yeah, check it's it one of the it's one of the best on Netflix. Uh, it's only half an hour, less than half an hour. So you know, check it out if you have some downtime. And it is the only episode of the animated series to be uh, ma- mainly considered canon. Right, because so many canon episodes took from that um, episode. Mm-hmm. I was actually splicing together a, uh, you know how we post these kind of funny pictures sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so I was splicing together an image of the scene of Sarek and Spock sitting down together talking after the fight. Yeah. Because it's the same scene. It it really much. is. In in yesteryear, as it is in Star Trek 2009, and the same kind of confrontation with the three kids and young Spock, mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same thing. Right, C- clothing's a little different, which I'm glad they kind of <laughs> went. <forward>. Yeah, quite different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was the I, I, 70s, man. I don't know what was up with the kids running around in, like, blue swim trunks with sashes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was horrible. Yeah. Both but, children. But I'm glad that the writers of uh, the Star Trek 2009 seemed to really pull from that episode. And that's mm-hmm. that's that was awesome. Right. 
Moving on Moving to on. our next piece of news. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Continues premiered their second episode entitled Lolani at the Dallas Comic Con on February 8th, 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the episode is available now online. It is. On yep. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen it? I have yep. not had the time. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I need to watch it, but I was at Toy Fair earlier this uh, month mm-hmm. or last week. So, yeah, I've, I just I missed it. I'll watch yep. it. Yep. And you've also been busy. Uh, I don't know if our listeners are aware, but you are also on another podcast that you just started up recently. Yes, I just started a Power Ranger podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network called Ranger Command Power Hour. And it's me, um, my friends in Ranger Nation, uh, AP and Zach, and we do, you know, we kind of much like this type of format, but only with with Power Rangers. So we kind of dive into maybe an issue with the fandom Mm -hmm. or a topic of hot concern right now, and and we address it. So we have three episodes out right now, and next week we'll be recording our fourth. Awesome. I've listened to two of them so far. Oh, what did you think? I thought they were very well done. Oh, thank you. Even though I'm not a Power Rangers fan... Uh-huh. I still I don't know if it's because I know you mm-hmm. or it's probably you know it's just well done that's why but I was I, you drew me in with your conversation and that's that's kind of the goal of our podcast is to make it accessible for new and also younger fans mm-hmm. but also have a discussion that's enlightening for older fans of the series as well. Gotcha. So and we try to make it as accessible as possible, so I'm, I'm glad for that feedback, so thank you. Yep, no, no problem. But, and, oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> if you get the chance, uh, you're not recording this weekend, are you? No, we're recording next week. Okay. This weekend, watch this uh, this episode on YouTube. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to. I I love the first episode of Star Trek Continues. Mm-hmm. Um, I know right. we did a review on the first episode. Mm-hmm. Right. We and should probably follow up with this episode. Yeah, definitely. I really like the quality that they're producing. So if this is anything like the first episode, I'm going to love it. Yeah, it's, it has the Hulk, Lou Ferrigno. What? It has... In Orion. So he plays another green guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it. Well, yeah, I'll do that this weekend. Yeah. Definitely, everyone should go out there. We'll have the link in the show notes if you haven't seen it. Uh, you can go on our show and take a look at at the link. Yeah, but, but watch it after you listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, so... In kind of uh, a sadder, sadder news, uh, Leonard Nimoy revealed that he had COPD, uh, which is uh, chronic obstruction pulmonary disease. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Bam. That's why we have you on the show, Eric, because you you can speak English. <laughs> well, I, I just I just don't speak uh, Boston. That's the uh, thing. yeah. Maybe that's maybe I'm tripping over my accent. So, uh, but after 30 years of quitting smoking, um, you know mm-hmm. he w- he's been af- af- afflicted with uh, this disease. 
and it's actually the uh, third leading cause of death in the United States after heart disease and cancer. Wow. Um, maybe this is the reason why last year he announced his retirement from acting. Yeah. I I hope he gets better, and I've never met him in person, but mm-hmm. and I know I don't think he's doing conventions anymore. Mm-hmm. But I my dream is I I would hope I would get to meet him before he passes. I mean these original series actors are not getting any younger, right? And uh, I've I've never met an original series. Well, I've seen Walter Koenig at Wizard World and Shatner. You know, that would be awesome. Uh, Leonard Nimoy is a fellow Bostonian, so it would be awesome if I bumped into him on the street. He doesn't live here in Boston anymore, but that would be awesome, you know, if, if I... Does, if do I you know him. if he has a family in, in Boston still? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, that might I've be something to look up. Look into, yeah. I know he... Well, I've just, gone Just past don't stalk his, him. Like, no, 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 not at all. I've gone past his high school. Where, oh, cool. Where you used to go to high school, uh, which, oh, what was the name of that? English High in in Boston, obviously. Durr. <laughs> <laughs> dur, dur, dur. But moving on. Moving on. Gates directs. Gates McFadden returns to the director's chair for the Ensemble Studio Theater, L.A., upcoming production of The Ugly One. There was a preview night on Valentine's Day, with the official opening on February fifteenth. So we've uh, we've talked about Gates uh, directing in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good to see her, or not actually see her, but hear of her directing again in in a play. And if you follow her Instagram or Facebook, mm-hmm. she has that one eighth scale crusher. Yeah, and she posts all those pictures like kind of behind the scenes during mm-hmm. these productions. So that's kind of one way to to look at what she's doing. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And she also had a a Picard one time that she, <laughs> they uh, interacted with. Uh, so fun times. Fun times indeed. Uh, so Eric and I we're not huge fans of this upcoming company. <laughs> <laughs> that we're going to that's, that's kind of an understatement. Uh, but in more Star Trek featured commercials, Quinto and Yechen mm-hmm. are in it. That's how you say it, right? Yeah, Yelchin. Yelchin, okay. Uh, are in a new Comcast Xfinity commercial reprising their roles as Chekhov and Spock for the X1 platform. Oh, wow. Have you seen this commercial? I did watch it, and it was hilarious. It is funny. Uh, it is pretty I mean, funny. I, as much as I hate Comcast with a passion, mm-hmm. um, this this was actually really funny. There's a line that Spock says, uh, well, Chekhov says, oh, this this is like technology from the future. <laughs> and Spock says, we must have encountered a temporal anomaly. And it hilarious. Mm-hmm. Very funny. And I'm really glad to see that uh, more Star Trek commercials are happening. Right, there have been a ton, and even ones like the Twizzlers, I think. Uh, yeah, is... the Twizzlers. And the Xbox One commercial had Spock in it. Oh, really? Zachary Quinto, yeah. I, I missed that. Yeah, there's an Xbox One commercial with their whole jump in uh, campaign, and it's this girl, and she's like, watch Star Trek... 
on the Xbox or whatever, and like, he beams in her living room, and it's kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very so, cool. Star Trek is doing well in the commercials. Mm-hmm. Next up, Mies Avatars. The social networking site Mies has introduced Star Trek-themed clothing and accessories for your 3D avatar to wear. And I will admit, I have no idea what the hell Mies is. <laughs> it's, it's like a social network where you have an avatar and you're walking around chatting with people. Yeah, I just took a look at your link to StarTrek.com's article on this. Mm-hmm. Those avatars look really weird. Yeah. So, it's I, actually, guess, I guess if you're into me's, this would be cool. Yeah, it's actually a website that I tell kids at work not to go on. <laughs> oh, so, well, really? <laughs> yeah, so take that as what you will. <laughs> uh, but if you're cur- if you use the site... Oh, by all means, get some Star Trek stuff. Yeah, get some Star Trek stuff. They're clean on in Federation attire that you can wear, that your character can wear. Yeah. And something else that's pretty awesome, Scott Bakula is back on, will be back on TV. Yes. He'll be starring in an NCIS spinoff set in New Orleans. I cannot wait for this. Yeah, I'm a big back. back <laughs> I'm a big Bacula, Bacula. to the future. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Bacula fan. It's Me weird too. if I don't if I don't say Scott Bacula, I can't say his name. I don't Just know say Scott Bacula. It's yeah. it's Scott Bacula. Yeah. So I'm a big Scott Bacula fan. You know, Quantum Leap. I remember oh, when I was yeah. really little, he was in Murphy Brown. Yep. And uh, oh, what else? he's been in a ton of things. There was a show on I think TBS. Mm-hmm. that he was in most recently. And that Wizard World 2012, I found out that with a mustache, Scott Bakula looks incredibly like my dad. Oh, well, see. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's, that's something. But yeah. I've personally, I've never watched NCIS, mm. um, but my girlfriend has, and mm-hmm. she really likes it. So if this is a spinoff that I can start from the beginning and mm-hmm. with Scott Bakula, sign me up because this right. is awesome. Yeah, I like the original NCIS. There's already a spinoff of NCIS uh-huh. set in, I want to say, L.A. or something. Uh, so this will be the second one spun off of it. And I like the original, so ho- I'm hoping to like this. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of those uh of these procedural shows out there, but mm-hmm. I don't think any of them have ever been set in New Orleans or Louisiana. I don't. Yeah, I think you're right. I I don't think so either. So just for the setting alone, this should be really good. Yeah. Now I wonder if he's going to adapt a Southern accent for this role. Hmm. Interesting. I would lean towards not, because mm. it it doesn't mean that they're from that area. It just means yeah, they're true. from that area. Okay, so Star Trek Online is turning four. Uh, to celebrate, it has been announced that Tim Russ is reprising his role as Tuvok, offering his voice talents in their latest feature episode, A Step Between the Stars. You know what? It's been four years, and I have still not played this game. Me either. I was so excited when it was first announced, too. 
Me too. And last year it even went free. We have no excuse not to be playing this. Yeah, free to play. We should do it. It just, I don't know. I hear, good, I hear good things. I hear great things about it. Yeah. But I saw uh, Tuvok's uh, render mm-hmm. uh, for this um, new adventure or whatever they're doing. Right. And the models look really good. Like, it looks like Tim Russ. It looks right. like Tuvok. Yeah. So it, it looks really cool. True that. And you can catch the uh, four-year anniversary uh, video through the link to the article on our show notes. So, cool. So now, one of our favorite topics, which we haven't done in such a long time. Well, we had we had an overload from the holiday Christmas guide. Oh, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah, but now it's back. <laughs> now it's back, and it's would you buy it? So. What do we have today? Before we announce what it is. Oh, right, right, right. Eric, would you buy it? I would buy this next year for Valentine's Day. Mm. For yourself or for a significant other? I think for my significant other. Mm. I might buy it for myself. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's no surprise because you're a big fan of this thing. Right. What are we talking about? A Valentine's Day costume, Tribble, Fear, Think Geek. For twenty four ninety nine, Think Geek is the unofficial sponsor of the Starfleet Escape podcast. Yes, since we damn near talk about them all the time. Right, I we uh, I tweet them. I need to tweet them more. Like, listen to our show. Give me money. Exactly. So, <laughs> what the hell is this? So these adorable pink tribbles purr and vibrate in response to touch or sound, and they sport little red heart. Headbands, which are removable. My God. <laughs> they also feature an off button when you need slightly less squeaking in your life. So, are you saying you can leave this on and it'll just keep going? Um, if it detects sound. Oh, right. Wow, that would get <laughs> incredibly annoying. It would. See, but I, I have... think it's. I think it's cute. Yeah. No, it's and it actually doesn't violate canon. Well, I guess well, it doesn't violate Star Trek because the animated series had pink tribbles. It yes. might violate canon, but it doesn't violate the animated series. <laughs> it just violates your wallet and your soul. Right. So they actually have made pink tribbles in the past. Oh. So they might have just had pink tribbles and then just got random heart headbands and went boop. And now you pay $25 for one. <laughs> exactly. In that case, I may need to rethink my uh, purchase decision. Maybe. So, Aaron, mm-hmm. before we move on to our incredibly awesome topic of genetic engineering, um, I saw, I was at Toy Fair New York last week, and I saw some pretty cool Star Trek stuff. Really? Yes. So there's a company called uh, The Loyal Subjects. And they do licensing for certain brands like Star Trek, uh, Halo, Mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of other, uh, like Portal, which is a video game. Right. So at the show, they had Star Trek travel gear. They had uh, a couple of Star Trek-themed backpacks. 
Okay. And they had original series luggage tags, which looks like the uniform color with the braid, the command braid. Yes, okay, the, I have, I've ranking. seen those. And they had a Star Trek uh, command seat that was plush, and it's actually a dog bed. Oh, nice. And they also had original series-themed dog bowls, so you can get one in red, yellow, or blue. That's so weird. We've we've mentioned in the past uh, dog related Star Trek toys that came, that came out yes. within the last year. I think it's a bigger trend for uh, dog uh, consumer products. I see this a, a lot of licenses take advantage of this like dog owner market. Mm-hmm. So that's a neat trend. Another booth that I saw uh, was called Icons, I think it was. I think it was called Icons. And they actually have Star Trek-themed desk items. They had, you would like this, they had a Klingon uh, knife that was actually a letter opener. Awesome. I will buy it. They have uh, the Spock uh, Live Long and Prosper hand. Uh And it's a business card holder. The cards rest in between his hands. Like nice. he's holding it and it's doing that. And they have this original series Star Trek logo, but it's cut in half and it's bookends. Okay. So that was really cool. So like the uh, Delta Shield? Insane. No, it, it literally says Star Trek. Okay. It's, it's All right. the words. Gotcha. In big block letters in the original series script. Mm-hmm. And it's cut in half, and so okay. you can put all your Star Trek books in the middle. It looked really cool. Cool. So with Last, the oh, no, with the letter opener, yes, was it to scale to prop size, or was it smaller? No, it it was about a five to six inch long mini Klingon knife. Okay. But it was fully it like the handle was brown, and it was the right colors. And it's the the knife part is the actual letter opener. Right. It it looked really nice. I think you would really like it. Definitely. And finally, uh, I was able to visit QMX or Quantum Mechanics. Yep. We've talked to them before. They did the um, or we've mentioned them before. They talked about, or no, we've talked about like the miniature ships they provided for Star Trek Into Darkness. Right. So I was able to talk with one of their reps at the show, and I also got video, uh, which will be up soon on my YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash trekkieb47. And I was able to view some of their new products. They've got some Tribbles, plush Tribbles. Nice. They also have their Q-Pop figures, Mm -hmm. which we've talked about before, which has the little animated character and their whiteboard that you can write like they're saying something. Right. And I actually got a free sample of one of those. I got the spot one. And they said that not a lot of people understand the concept. Okay. Well, I'm actually going to do a review of this product on my channel to help spread the word and get the word out. Awesome. And finally... I, another thing I received from them and that I will be reviewing, they're Star Trek plush ships. So they're plush, like it's like a plush Enterprise. Okay. So it's like the original series Enterprise, but it's it's like a soft plush 
like a stuffed animal almost. Yeah, right. And it's cool because a few of the parts on it are plastic, molded. So, okay. like, the dish is molded, the bridge module, and the sensor dome on the bottom of the saucer are molded. And it's got nice screen-printed aspect paneling, and it looks really nice. And the other one I got was the Romulan Bird of Prey, and it's it's awesome, and it has the fully silk-screened Bird of Prey graphic on the bottom of the ship. It looks really nice. They're really cool. So I'm also going to going to be reviewing those. And those, to me, are definite would-you-buy-its. Uh, okay, nice. I'll have to buy them? You shall. You will buy them. I will. It's my new mission. So, uh, awesome. And we'll throw in a link to your YouTube channel in the notes so that okay. people who... Because you also have some Power Ranger reviews in there. Right. And some other reviews that some maybe our fans would would like to check out as well. Yeah, and I'll also be doing an overall video of my experience at Toy Fair with video of the show. Not just Power Rangers, not just Star Trek. I saw a lot of great things that nerds like all of us are into. So Nice, awesome. Everyone should take a look out for that. True, that. So getting into our topic, genetic information... <laughs> 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 genetic information. <clears throat> genetic engineering. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so uh, to start off, let's go back to when we first encounter genetic engineering in Star Trek. Okay. On the human scale, anyway. Uh, when we first meet Khan in the Prime Universe, in mm -hmm. the episode Space Seed, which we did a supplemental on not too long ago. So what what that stemmed, stemmed from were the eugenic wars. So it's also referred to as the Great Wars, and they were a series of conflicts fought, fought on Earth between 1992 and 96 in the original series timeline, uh, the result of a scientific attempt to improve on the human race by selective breeding and genetic engineering. The wars devastated Earth, and there was an estimate of about 30 million deaths, and it nearly plunged the Earth into a new dark age. Interesting. So we also talked about how uh, some novelizations kind of change that and make it more of a Cold War. Yes, and that helps to fit it in with um, more of Voyager because Voyager traveled back to 96 LA mm -hmm. and there wasn't really any mention of the eugenics wars aside from the reference on Rain... Um, wh what's her name? Rain... I only remember her as Rain. Yeah, on, on Rain's desk that had a model of the Botany Bay ship. Mm -hmm. Right, and I remember that. That was one of the things that drew my eye in that episode. Yeah. Was that. And I like uh, Sarah Silverman. So. Oh, she's cool. Yeah. Uh, so one of the major uh, supermen that were created in this time period was Khan Nulian Singh. Khan Nulian Singh. Or simply referred to as Khan. 
or Khan. <laughs> right. Uh, so he's one of the augments from the late 20th century Earth uh, during the eugenic wars. Uh, and he's considered, even after three centuries, by Captain Kirk and his crew as one of the uh, most notorious Superman he's, of his day. He's one of the best. One of the best. And they kind of joke about that in the episode. And and Spock's like, why are you guys revering him? And, you know, it's they're not. They're just... He was impressive. He was very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was able to take over a third of of the planet without major um, well I mean obviously there was some death but during his rule there was no conflict right but Khan would become one of the major enemies for James T Kirk right and it created probably well probably the best Star Trek movie yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we got probably one of the best Star Trek movies from this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's the only episode to get a movie as a sequel of sorts. Right, a, a direct sequel, right. Yeah. Yep, you're right. So for, for that alone, um, I think Khan really sparked the whole idea of the eugenics wars and what we saw and found out in later series, just because of how popular it is. Right. And then... So next in the timeline, I guess, we're ti- we're going from 96 to to what? To the 2130s? Wait, no. I, I guess the 2130s. Uh, Around so, that time. So there was a, a ban on genetic engineering, which, because of what happened during... Uh, the 90s. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. So there was a geneticist, Eric. Is it Eric? It's Eric. It's Eric. just spelled weird. Okay, Eric Sung. Uh, he stole some of the augment embryos that were left over from the wars, which were being stored for some reason at uh, Station 12. To me, I think um, maybe storing the embryos. Um, because who knows, obviously in Star Trek, you know, they're probably against abortion and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Since there's other means, it's a big universe out there. But I almost thought of it, because they were kept at Cold Station 12, which is where all these other, like, really bad diseases and stuff are kept. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a CDC in space. Gotcha. So, storing these dangerous genetic embryos of these augments was probably the best thing to keep them at Cold Station 12. Hmm. That's a good point. Uh, So Sung believed that genetic engineering was the key to improving uh, the humankind to prevent illness. Uh, And he raised these augments into adults. Uh, And he believed that because he was parenting them, uh, he could prevent them from becoming uh, threats like the augments from the 20th century. So he was thinking that through um, through conditioning and through parenting that he could control their nature mm-hmm. and prevent like another eugenics wars. Which turns out to not be the case. Hmm. Uh, they end up revolting and... Uh, they are 
I guess it's just in their nature. Indeed. The, um, the aggressive nature of the augment DNA uh, took over. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is a great episode, or great trilogy of episodes in Enterprise 4 season, right. Borderland, Cold Station 12, and the Augments, mm-hmm. because not only does it connect us with, with the Klingons and the whole forehead ridge issue, right. but it gives us a way more backstory into the eugenic wars and you know the results and the effects of it. Right. And like, like you mentioned with the Klingons lo- losing their ridges, it's because they believe that humans were trying to, uh, I guess... They, they thought that the embryos were a recent development. Nah. They thought that, that Starfleet was creating going to create super soldiers to battle the Klingons. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to steal and get that technology for themselves. Right. And then that sort of backfired. Big time. And it mutated them. It became a virus that mutated, and they lost their ridges. Not all of them. Not yeah. Not everyone lost ridges. Uh, just all them, all the Klingons that we will see in the original series lose their ridges. Um, but they do eventually gain them back, as we saw in Deep Space Nine with Kang and Kolos and Kor. Right. But I was I read somewhere that some Klingons might have gotten plastic surgery, <laughs> essentially, to give themselves uh, the ridges. I don't think uh, plastic surgery is big in the Klingon Empire. <laughs> either that, or I don't think it would be very honorable. It might be deceptive mm-hmm. as to one's appearance. That's a good point. And. But- and, and like uh, Worf said, it's complicated. I think they were able to find a cure because it mutated into a virus. That's right. what it was. Right. So I think they just found a cure and and cured everyone. So take that. <laughs> take that. Take that, Klingons. <laughs> so and another thing uh, that we'll that we see, augments only refer to the genetically engineered supermen from the 20th century and the and the genetically altered embryos that will be grown to full term in uh, the Enterprise episodes. Yeah, so augments only refer to these genetic supermen on Earth. Right. Although the Klingons were trying to make Klingon augments. Right. Okay. Well, I, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what they were doing. They were they yeah. referred to him as that. So then we'll jump past Khan because we've kind of already talked so about him. The, the events of Space Seed and all that. Right, Space Seed and then Wrath of the Khan. Wrath of Khan. So we'll jump into the 24th century with the episode Unnatural Selection, Okay. which, which is from the second season. See, this is one that I don't readily recall offhand. Okay. I I believe I've seen it. Well, I know I've seen it. I've seen You've every seen episode. It. You've seen it. Yeah, but it's been a long time. It's right. been a long time. <laughs> okay. Wow. So um, remind me <laughs> what happened in this episode. Uh, so uh, there's a research station 
named Darwin. The Darwin. 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 <laughs> my, it's my, it's my ac Boston accent. Uh, so they were developing uh, human children with unique qualities, such as an aggressive immune system <laughs> that was capable of attacking organisms before they entered the body. Say what? Right. So these antibodies ended up attacking humans because they attacked organisms outside of their body. Okay, yeah, that's weird. Right, so they started to attack human beings and caused aggressive aging. Wow. So if you're in the episode, Dr. Pulaski is affected. I do remember this. And, and she, she turns all old and stuff. Right, all old. Exactly. I think we talked about this. Um, you had a quantum state into flux where how could Catherine Pulaski, how could the transporter mm. be able to fix her old aging? Right. I remember you talking about that. Yep, that's right. Wait till you hear this week's quantum state. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, so uh, these, because of these genetically altered beings or people... All children, they're still humans. Yeah. Uh, the USS Lantry, all the crew were killed. After exposure to After the After exposure, yep. Oh, wow. So, uh, like you just mentioned, the Enterprise-D was able to use the transporter to save the Dr. Pulaski mm -hmm. and the members of, or the crew or scientific personnel of the Darwin Station. Okay. But the children would have to remain in quarantine indefinitely for the rest of their lives. Wow. So, it's, it's interesting that we never got a follow-up to this episode. Right. The children were also uh, telekinetic. Telekinetic. Mm -hmm. uh, so they you know, had telepathy. They were able to pick things up with their minds, move them around. Uh, and they had accelerated growth and maturity. So is that why their antibodies affected people to the extreme of that and had the rapid aging? I suppose so. Uh, That's I, interesting. I don't, I don't know if they really went into specifics about how it happened. It's been a while since I watched this episode, to be quite honest. It's not one of my favorite episodes. But I guess it just attacked the cells, and the cells weren't able to regenerate anymore, mm -hmm. like normally, and I guess that would cause the aging. Very interesting. Right, and, and you're right, we should have gotten some kind of follow-up to this episode that never happened, which, again, is something that happened a lot in, I guess, every series, where we they introduce something, like, oh, wow, that's interesting, and then, you know, seven years go by, and 20 more interesting things happen that they never go back to again. <laughs> right. And um, before getting getting on to this, um, mm -hmm. I, when we were doing research for this episode, I wanted to know when it was actually said that the Federation banned genetic engineering. Mm -hmm. And it was always implied that it was, and they said that it was, but it was never really said when. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until a line from the Augments art in Enterprise, or no, no, not the, the Klingon arc, um, the episode Affliction, mm -hmm. they said 
it established the date of technology of the genetic engineering technology being banned on Earth um, decades before 2154. Right. So it's it kind of makes sense that maybe after because in in encounter at Farpoint when there it's kind of after the Third World War and there's still those criminal trials mm-hmm. and or those unlawful trials. Right. And I think they mentioned genetic engineering there. Like, there's genetic mutations mm. and kind of weird results after the Third World War. Right. So it, it kind of makes sense that um, before Enterprise, once the United Earth became active, that they would ban that kind of uh, thing from happening ever again. Right. That's just a little little side note. Very good. I guess we'll keep you around. Thank you. <laughs> oh, burn! <laughs> uh, so next is probably my favorite genetically engineered doctor. doctor Mine too. Ju- Dr. Julian Bashir. All right. And it's... So what's uh, his story? So at the Tell age me, of, Aaron. <laughs> at the age of six, uh, Bashir was small and not very bright. And he was a bit, phys- he was a bit awkward uh, for his age. And in the first grade, he was struggling to to read while his other classmates were learning how to use computers. So his parents end up taking him and having him genetically altered. And they didn't tell him this until years later, that they genetically engineered him, pretty much. uh, Not at Earth or anywhere near Earth. Ad, oh man. Aegean Prime. Aegean Prime. So at first he was excited, Bashir, Julian, was excited to see these aliens, uh, and then they began these treatments of accelerated critical neural pathway formation, uh, which was a method of genetically engineering that involved resequencing of his DNA. And this happened over the course of two months and his genetic structure was manipulated, and thus a new Julian Bashir was born. So this, these enhancements were to increase his mental abilities. His IQ jumped uh, five points a day for over two weeks, wow. which is crazy. Um, further treatments led to improved hand-eye coordination, reflexes, vision, stamina, height, weight, and in the end, uh, everything was altered but his name, he after learning that he was being genetically altered, he decided never to be called by his original name, Jules, ever again. And he, mm. he changed his name himself to Julian. Wow. Uh, then when they came back to Earth, uh, he was enrolled in a new school, and his parents falsified school records. This is one of my favorite episodes of Deep Space Nine, uh, which is Dr. Bashir, I presume. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like it so much is because we dive so deep into Julian's character, mm-hmm. where before that, um, you know, he was just kind of like this wisecracking, smooth-talking doctor mm-hmm. who kind of had an attitude. Right. Um, he seemed like he was above everyone else in some respects. Right. And... 
uh, over the course of the series, I really liked what they did with his friendship with Miles O'Brien. Mm-hmm. But this episode was such a turning point for his character, no, and no, we no. saw such a different side of him. Mm-hmm. And we found out about his parents and his heritage and all of this stuff. And it really shed a new light on this character. And I think after this episode, um, Bashir became absolutely one of my favorites in Deep Space Nine. I agree with you. Um, he His character had, had so much depth after this came out. Uh, right. Before, it was so bland. He was kind of vanilla, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And... I I didn't like his character at at the beginning, but now that you we learn about his genetically engineered, it makes sense that he was so pompous at the beginning because right. you know he is he's smarter than everyone else. This there's, there's a reason yeah. Yeah. there's a reason why he's he's like that. And it, it, it after he started developing these friendships and after finding out that he was genetically engineered and altered, it it kind of humbled him a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it softened his character, and again, he became one of the best characters, I think, in the show. Right. And it was all because of that episode. Right. Which kind of leads into, um, like, more time more about genetic engineering with Deep Space Nine because of the effects of this episode. Mm-hmm. And that was the episode uh, Statistical Probabilities. Um, and in that episode... Uh, a Lieutenant Karen Lowe's a Star Trek psychiatrist brings four genetically engineered humans to D Space Nine, um, and they're kind of messed up. They didn't have it as lucky as Bashir. Mm-hmm. And she was bringing uh, these four genetically engineered people to Bashir, um, but they had a lot of social disabilities. Mm-hmm. One had mania. Uh, another had bipolar disorder, uh, catatonia. So there was there was a lot wrong with them, even though they were still extremely smart and gifted. Mm-hmm. There was still a lot that was wrong with them. It, it was almost like a think tank for the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. And they were brought in to kind of solve some problems. Right. It was interesting how even Bashir got caught up in... In their uh, in like their, their conspiracy theories and their right. methods and yeah and <laughs> they they kind of made fun of him because they called him like oh Mr Productive Member of Society <laughs> and they kind of by towards the end they actually accepted Bashir as as one of their own. Mm-hmm. It, it was a good episode and they I I don't think I have it mentioned here but. There's at least one more episode with with these group of characters. Yeah, they 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 bring back again, and I was really uh, happy to see that happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, so we know why genetic engineering has been banned by the Federation because of its history. So what we did is we reached out to the community in our next section of the show, the subspace channels, uh, where we asked. Do you support the Federation's ban on genetic engineering? Why or why not? So, first, from Facebook, we have Robert D., who says, How could you not? Other than Dr. Julian Bashir, I cannot name one quote-unquote augment 
who has been a productive member of society. It would seem that medical science has come a long way in dealing with many genetic issues without the need of genetic engineering. Even Jordi LaForge had a chance of getting real eyes, granted that it was a 50-50 proposition, but he still had the chance. Genetic engineering is just too risky a thing to do. Maybe in the future it can be done with more safety and certainty than today, but that is a long way off. I think Robert has some good points. Mm -hmm. um, he addresses a lot of the things that, you know, genetic engineering can certainly make things easier for members of the Federation, mm -hmm. including Geordi LaForge. Um, but it's a testament that Star Trek, in their universe, they can find a technological solution to a problem as opposed to a genetic one. Right. And even Geordi LaForge, he had several surgeries. Mm -hmm. He had the visor, and then they end up going and giving him implants. Ocular implants, yeah. Uh, so both, like you said, technological solutions. I remember reading they, the Federation does allow some uh, embryotic, not maybe not embryotic, but prenatal um, uh, engineering, I suppose, to fix... You know, certain kind of disorders that may present themselves uh, before birth. Yeah, I mean, I can see them doing that maybe for, you know... Some kind of deformity. Deformities or debilitating diseases that they already have a cure for. Mm -hmm. So why not correct that? Right. But um, I think mainly their ban is an ethical one mm -hmm. because it's banning, like going above our capabilities physically. Right. So like the mental, the physical, you know, developing a human with like 10 times the strength. Mm -hmm. No, that should be done through natural evolution as opposed to uh, the a genetic one. Right. And that's even brought up in Star Trek Into Darkness. These issues are brought up once again. Mm -hmm. Right. And th there's also some arguments on, on both sides and even Khan in Space Seed said he he noticed the lack of evolution in the human species. And right. He's like, yes, technological improvements, but you know, where's where's us as a people? Right, kind of a thing. But moving on. Moving on uh, to Google Plus, we have Keith F, who says yes, but only because of past history. Earth was nearly taken over by genetic, genetically engineered tyrants in the past, you know. In the past, don't you know. <laughs> Good point, uh, Keith. Next, we have Mark H., who says, I vote yes on the ban, sadly. Not because of the science, because of the human desire to be more too fast and too soon. Not just the issue of con, the clean-ons as well. Children also need to be loved and accepted for who they are, not the way you feel they should be. Genetic engineering is something that needs to be left alone. Wow, those are some really good points, Mark. Next, we have Todd W., who says, Support the ban. Federation stands for acceptance and knowledge through living. Genetic leaps overtake that gain Oh, sorry. Genetic leaps overtakes that to no gain. Also, feder also, Federation is vast in space and culture. People can travel and advance through learning and at times other 
worldly drugs. It's natural instead of fabricated. I I guess that's a thing. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this? We have another question. We do. That we asked. Yes. Uh, so, do you think genetic engineering would create cons or Bashirs or something in between? Uh, so we have Eric Dewey from the Four-Eyed Radio Network, who says, I think a little of both. You'd hope for more Bashir types than cons, but it would be hard to control. And that's that's interesting question, because um, Bashir was genetically modified after he was born. Right. It seems like Khan and the Augments were created uh, prenatally. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the womb or with these embryos. So, maybe that's the difference. Because Bashir was loved and cared for as a child, mm-hmm. and it was, and these advancements were kept secret from him, mm-hmm. um, maybe that's what he just thought that he had this gift and went with it. As opposed Perhaps. to learning about his power early and maybe becoming power-hungry. Right. Or like Khan. And it could also be the difference in the techniques and how they did that. You know, 1996 genetics versus, you know, 24th century genetics. Right. Good points. Good points. And also, it's probably more likely than not, well, I can't say this for sure, but it's probably a combination of alien genetic engineering as well. Uh, Stuff that comes from other species. And and you know what? I think technologically, uh, the Federation in the 24th century, mm-hmm. I think it would be possible for them to do anything, like literally anything they wanted to with genetic engineering. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason why it's banned, right. because it's more of an ethical issue than a technological one. Right. Because they just don't want it getting too powerful, and that kind of goes back to the whole, you know, not playing God type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I I think because the Federation is all about these high ideals, that's just, it's more of an ethical issue and not a technological one. Right, I agree. Uh, next, uh, our final response from Google+, Plus, Mark H. The possibility is always there because of two human emotions, pride and ambition, uh, sorry, pride and ab- ambitious nature to want more than you already have. I can see that. Like with Khan, you know, they took over a third of Earth. Right. So, yeah, I mean that ruling and conquering nature. So, mm-hmm. good points. Right. These, these are some good questions. So, uh, that kind of sums up our Ask the audience uh, portion. Subspace of the show. channels. Get it right. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> what am I thinking? The subspace channels. Closing channels. We're now closing channels. Boop. <laughs> Actually, for my uh, for my ringtone on my phone. Mm-hmm. Well, my ringtone on my phone is the Power Rangers beep. But okay. when I get um, like a voicemail, mm-hmm. it's the from Star Trek. <laughs> that that whistle. Uh-huh. And then when I get a text message, mm-hmm. it's the communicator opening. So it's like the I gotcha. See, on my when I had my phone, um <laughs> <laughs> I had for an email, it was uh-huh. the TNG badge chirp. Oh nice. 
and for a text message, it was the uh, kind of like when you open a healing frequency noise. Yeah, that do do. Similar. It's or uh, I can't remember now. It's been so long. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a sore <laughs> subject. But moving on. <laughs> aside, okay. Aside from your phone getting stolen, uh-huh. what puts your quantum state into flux? So, I think any viewer of the Next Generation season two episode "Unnatural Selection" may glaze over it. But take a closer look. Genetic engineering, even with the best of intentions, is dangerous and banned in the Federation. Or is it? How could a Federation outpost be allowed to conduct genetic engineering of humans? Simple answer. At the time the episode was produced, the idea of the band was never mentioned. This proves to be a contradiction to episodes set during Enterprise, uh, which specifically say there is a ban, and even in later episodes of The Next Generation. This is a contradiction which never gets an in-universe explanation, but deserves one. I agree. Uh, how, how could you not, right? Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> so, yeah, how the hell were these Federation scientists getting away with genetic engineering and producing these kids? Right. That's, what the hell? Yeah, they're breaking the law. Breaking the law, breaking the law. <laughs> <laughs> and no one really, I mean, when you watch the episode, like, Dr. Pulaski's like, wow, look at all this that they've accomplished. Not like, oh my god, how could you have done this? It wasn't anything like that. Yeah. Huh. And so it's not like they were like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna arrest you guys, you right. damn not scientists." Not at all. In fact, they saved them by using the transporter. Yeah. Magically. WTF. Right. And where do they get the patterns for these people to fix them? Who knows? From the station's transporter. I don't I, know. That's a stretch. No, probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. And you know what? You know what? Also, well, you know what gets my quantum state into flux? What's that? They're experimenting on children. Right. Like, what the hell? Right. That's bad. It is. But I'm I'm not quite sure if it was stated in the episode if they genetically like made these from bottom up or if they did like post like Bashir or. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm probably gonna have to watch that episode again. Yeah, I mean, it's not one of the worst episodes ever, I suppose. <laughs> you just don't like Pulaski getting all old. <laughs> Any older. And know what else is weird? Your Speaking face. of the second... No. Oh, man. Speaking <laughs> of uh, the second season in Dr. Yeah. Pulaski, there was also that episode where this uh, human colony were using clones to um, propagate themselves, mm-hmm. and they were, the clones were uh, kind of, I guess the DNA sequence was wearing out so that it would be a point where they couldn't make any more clones, so they were stealing DNA samples from the crew. Huh. Pulaski was against that. I feel like I would, clones at least, at least they weren't doing, like, weird Experiments. They were just cloning them. It, oh yeah, so it was just it was one person, right? Yeah. Huh. But still, that's uh, that's really bordering. Um. Well, it, no, it's 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 not it's not good. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know how, what makes one better than the other. 
I don't know. I don't know either. Things to be considered. This is a fascinating topic. Indeed. Indeed. Maybe we should talk about cloning next time as well. Cloning in one of our upcoming episodes. Because I'm sure there are multiple uh, instances where we have clones in Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, very cool. Yeah. That, that's, that's genetic engineering, folks. Yep. Star Trek in Endless Universe. Hopefully we can have endless episodes. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I'll be 80. And remember the time. <laughs> remember when... Remember when Warp Drive was just science fiction? Oh, snap. I would love to see that in my lifetime. Yeah, I don't, I, would too. I, don't, I don't know if it's <laughs> going to happen, man. Yeah, maybe small steps like the replicator. All right. Well, that's been a good episode. Indeed. Uh, thank you all for listening. And until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. Live long and prosper. Trucking time! Seven of nine, I don't know. <laughs> it's trucking time, seven of nine. <laughs> I, I like that. Well, I was trying to think like pterodactyl, but I'm trying to think of something <laughs> that I was like, uh, seven of nine. Yeah. Seven of nine, woo! Riker's beard. <laughs> Bye. You have been listening to the Starfleet Escape Podcast on the Four-Eyed Radio Network, where you can catch a new episode every other Monday. You can find us on the web at sfescapepod.com. Follow us on Twitter at sfescapepod. Like us on facebook.com slash sfescapepod. And add us to your circle on Google Plus by going to google.sfescapepod.com. Dot com. <laughs>